planet, he's hero. Gonna take pollution down to zero with his powers magnified. He's fighting on the planet side. Druids on basements and lizards. So, Gabe, this week, druids. This week, it is druids indeed. Mm-hmm. It, these, so, yeah. This class is interesting. I've only, like, dabbled in this class a little bit. It's kind of, I don't know, It. I really like it. It's a fun class, but, uh, I don't know, sometimes the nature, the whole nature theme will, like, will, like, turn me off a little bit to it, um. I have to mm-hmm. be. I have to be like in the right mood. Yeah, I've played one druid before, mm-hmm. though it's kind of a non-traditional druid. I was doing a warforged druid, like trying to play off of a sort of a bridge between nature and civilization. But eh, it was just for a one shot, and it didn't really work out too well. Yeah, hey, I mean, I, I've seen I've seen druids been, um, that that have been played to maximum effect. I think one of the things that comes into play with with druids is they're, they've got so much going on um, uh, mm-hmm. that you can't really, you know, they've got spellcasting, they've got, you can be melee combat, you've got wild shape going on for you. There's a lot of moving pieces here that, you know, mm-hmm. aren't, if you if you aren't careful, you can get, like, caught up with one of, one of these things, and it makes you into, I feel like, a less effective character. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, what is a druid? Uh, druids are our nature boys. They're kind of... Um, I always think of them as, like, nature wizards. But anyways, mm-hmm. their their whole stick is that um, they are, uh, through their meditation or, you know, study of nature and just, like, them sort of being one with, <laughs> with the woods, they're mm-hmm. able to uh, gain power from nature itself in a sense that's mm-hmm. like it's different it's similar but different from how a cleric does it yeah so yeah so definitely with a druid i can see you i can see people playing a druid where they are still worshiping a god perhaps a god of an element or a god of nature mm-hmm. but you don't have to play it like that you can also just be like yeah you know i've just like i've become one with nature and now we just get along well, and it helps me out. Yeah, where um, where ranger is kind of like the bastion between civilization and nature, druid is gone mm-hmm. all the way and said, "I am a champion of nature. I am like, th- this is my mm-hmm. thing." <laughs> so, um, getting into creating a druid, uh, you start off with one d eight as your hit die. So you know it's fairly average. Um, moving into so. Yeah, moving into proficiencies, you have proficiency in light armor, medium armor, and shields. My druids will not wear armor or use shields made of metal. My, that's a sort of like 
That's a weird. Some people follow that. Some people don't. Yeah, that's a weird, so... weird rule from like I feel like from older editions that was. It, mm-hmm. It's kind of like one of the things that I think I think it's cool to like follow follow it and stuff like that. But it's like I feel like it it's sort of a, mm-hmm. a relic from older editions. Kind of like, I mean, like paladins. You used to have to you have to be a lawful good paladin, um, but we don't mm-hmm. we don't do that anymore. I don't. It's I feel like it's in that same camp. Yeah. So I. I don't know. I'm going to talk a little bit about that once we get through all of the like starting stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also have proficiency in clubs, daggers, darts, javelins, maces, quarterstaffs, scimitars, sickles, slings, and spears. Uh, and proficiency with an herbalism kit. Uh, you have saving throw proficiencies in intelligence and wisdom. And as for skills, you get to choose two from arcana, animal handling, insight, medicine, nature, perception, religion, and survival. And for your equipment, you get to choose from the following. Starting with a wooden shield or a simple weapon. Starting with a scimitar or any simple melee weapon. Or, well, and finally, starting with leather armor, an explorer's pack, and a druidic focus. Which is going to be your spellcasting focus. But briefly hopping back to that whole druids not wearing armor or using metal shields. Uh, if players want to play that up, then maybe think of a consequence for using them. Perhaps, like, my, your spellcasting might be hampered a little bit, or, like, you might receive a little bit of fire damage for using it. It's like metal burns. I don't know. Yeah, that could be, could be interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I, I also don't... I mean, I don't see really anything... I mean, light armor, I mean, you're not getting heavy armor, so I don't really see... There's like you know mm-hmm. half plate, but where I mean, where the breastplate? Yeah, scale mail. Well, scale mail you can you could do like dragon scales and stuff. That's yeah, but traditional scale mail is still metal, so yeah, that, there's a distinction between stuff if you really want to play it up. Like I think it's I think it's eh. an opportunity. I think making it an mm-hmm. interesting restriction means like when your druid wants to get better armor, they can't just go and buy. Like they can't just take mm-hmm. you know if, even if even if they somehow wiggle in and get like heavy armor proficiency from somewhere they um mm-hmm. they can't they can't just go buy plate mail they have to like figure out something that's like maybe they mm-hmm. have to like go get like special wooden plate that would be cool like it's mm-hmm. like it's like made from like this super dense wood that is is hard mm-hmm. is just as tough as steel um yeah just like an, an iron oak breastplate or yeah you could have some really fun adventures through that. Mm-hmm. So, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But anyways, uh, and... you also uh, right away you know you know Druidic, the secret language of Druids. Um, it's basically uh, it's basically the same as Thieves' Camp, um, but it's just for Druids instead. Uh, mm-hmm. There, it's like the it's like you'll see if you have a, a a Druid in the party. I recommend like putting if they're in the wilderness and stuff like that. And you want like a, a druid NPC have like little marks on trees and stuff like that. That's like you know, danger ahead or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's because the fact that they automatically notice um, and they can just they just understand it automatically. Um, mean like means that they can just be like point out and say hey the guys and warn everybody and that gets you you know it's a small moment but it's a it's a really cool moment. Yeah. And something kind of interesting listed in the Druidic section is 
Among others can spot the message, the message's presence on a successful DC 15 perception check, uh, but can't decipher without magic. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just kind of interesting. It's very secret. <laughs> uh, then we also have, uh, right, right off the bat at level one, we have spellcasting, because druids are full casters. You're drawing off the divine na- essence of nature uh, of s- itself. You can cast spells that shape that essence to your will. You start off knowing only two cantrips and stuff like that. Uh, your your spellcasting ability is going to be your wisdom, uh, kind of symbolizing mm-hmm. that connection you have with nature. And you prepare spells. So the amount of spells you get to prepare daily is, sim- is the same as clerics. It's going to be uh, your wisdom modifier plus your druid level. So uh, if you're a third level druid with a wisdom of plus three, you get uh, six spells that you get to prepare every day. And those can switch out completely. So if you, you can you can show up every day with a different different set of skills, spells, and stuff. Uh, they also get the ability to ritual cast. Uh, I don't know if did we go over that during the cleric episode at all. The ritual casting. I don't think we did. So well, we'll go. Uh, I'll go over it right now because um, there's a few mm-hmm. there's a few people who can cast uh, ritual casting, and uh, for me, for the longest time, I had really no idea what the ritual casting. Is was like it's like it's kind of a thing i don't really understand how it works but basically if you want to cast a ritual spell you can spend you can use the the designated time so let's take animal messenger for example at level two Mm -hmm. it normally takes one action to cast but it does have a ritual tag with it so yeah so if you wanted to cast it ritually you can cast it at its lowest level for free technically uh, if you add 10 minutes onto the casting time so you would be taking 10 minutes and six seconds but you cast it yeah so. so you just take you just take a longer time and you cast it without having to burn your spell slot which you know, mm-hmm. it can be very helpful there's a lot of a lot of spells that become far more useful with the ritual tag like mm-hmm. I'm thinking of like Liamon's tiny hut, which is not a druid spell. Yeah, but, uh, I'm pretty sure that's sort of the go-to for ritual casting. That's what I immediately think of. I mean, mm-hmm. because of critical role and stuff. But you know, it's very useful. I would just keep an eye out, eye peeled for that because it turns something that's like might not you might not even consider to a, vi- a very viable option. Mm-hmm. And speaking of spells, do we want to go over a couple that we might uh, recommend for lower level? Yeah, we can. Um, yeah, I guess I could start off while you're looking at stuff. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, a first level spell that I think is is really nice to have around throughout most of an adventure is good berry. Um, mm. Basically, you can take a handful of berries. My being, let's see here. My up to ten berries appear in your hand and are infused with magic for the duration, which is for twenty four hours. And essentially, if you eat a berry, you get one hit point back. And what's nice about this is, if you happen to have extra spell slots at the end of the night, mm-hmm. you can just dump all those into good berries and have that for the next day. It's kind of nice to think of it as a like a sort of pseudo paladin HP pool. I like taking like animal friendship and like beast bond mm-hmm. for. Uh... For first for first level spells, just because it's, I mean, you're a druid. You want, to, how can you not want to talk to animals? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's 
it's sort of their it's their whole shtick. So I, I don't know. I feel like it's a bit of a cop out, but is uh, it is something that I think I think of with just about every druid that I would want to play is like uh, I want to be able to mm-hmm. do the whole. I want to be able to do the thing. <laughs> it's like why am I coming to play a druid? Well, I'm coming here to play a druid probably because I want to do the nature thing. Um, yeah. Uh, other thing I think is like entangle. Entangle's a great first level spell. Mm-hmm. They get ice knife as well. Yep. I'm a big fan of Ice Knife. Mm-hmm. Then I think an interesting one that people don't always think about is if you're playing some lower AC characters, just say you took Standard Array and your Barbarian just might not have an all-too-good AC, uh, or if you want to buff up the Wizard or the Sorcerer, Bark Skin at second, mm-hmm. as a second-level spell is great. But concentration yeah. for one hour and the target's AC cannot be less than 16 regardless of what kind of armor it's wearing. So if you have a wizard who really wants to get up and like up in the mix of stuff, uh, that could be kind of nice. I find it way more useful um, as as casting on, on, on others rather than like casting on yourself, which I think mm-hmm. is what people immediately go to. Yeah. Um, because, because when you're... It, because of its, its concentration, a tag... It uh, if you if you're going up in the melee and you're using this, you're, you're likely going to get hit even with a, a AC of 16. Mm-hmm. And once and once you get hit a couple times, you have to make concentration saves, and uh, eventually you're going to lose that. And uh, mm-hmm. and and like and then if you're if you were if you were relying on bark skin, uh, and you're just out there in the open now with <laughs> without it, mm-hmm. you're going to be kind of in a world of hurt. Yeah, when everybody realizes that you lost your the ability that was making you hard to hit, and now they're gonna come in. So if you cast it on somebody else, and you can stay in the back while they are are uh, reaping, are gonna continuously reap the benefits of your spell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, My, I guess looking through a lot of the lower level spells, and I guess a lot of the druid spells in general, there are a lot that are concentration based. So that is something to keep in mind when you're preparing spells. You really keep competing for your concentrations a lot, but I think that's intentional. And uh, it, the reason why I th- um, we'll get into with the next ability that we're going to go over, um, but I think it's a very there's a, a very purposeful reason for that. Mm-hmm. Um, some other like notable uh, second level sp- uh, spells are like Moonbeam is a classic. Yep. Um, Flame Blade for Druid. Flame Blade, yeah. Want to get? If you really want to get in the mix? Flame Blade is pretty devastating. Three d six fire damage is no joke. Or heat metal. Um, yeah. Um, my, uh, I, I really like hold person. Hold person is such a. I mean, just being able to lock somebody down is gonna. It will change your combats. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, third level. If if I'm gonna, I had to choose one from third level, call lightning. Being able to call the storm is just so freaking cool mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh and it's it's also concentration um it, it has the way it works combos really well with this the next ability that we'll talk about mm-hmm. in a second but i'll let orion tell me what his favorite third level spell from druid is um <laughs> tidal wave honestly is really like i think it's just really cool yeah similarly how it's do like, you like you know you said call lightning it's like you are starting to play the role of a Godzilla of sorts. Like, just 
<laughs> call down lightning, some yeah. tidal waves, cause mass destruction, and these are only third level spells. Yeah, and don't worry, and later you can get uh, mm-hmm. uh, six six levels, so it's a ways off, but you can get Sunbeam and shoot laser beams and really be Godzilla. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. Like, druid dru- oh, spells are great. Oh, I I have an idea for playing like a high level moon moon druid that like can t- turns into like dinosaurs and stuff and cast sunbeam and then just <laughs> tur- turns into a T Rex. I don't know if you can actually. I think you could polymorph to, uh, to get. Uh, you have to concentrate on polymorph. Anyways, anyways, it's a, it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I just want to be a dinosaur that shoots laser beams out of its face, <laughs> mm-hmm. as we all um, do. And <laughs> Uh, anyway, that's going to bring us to our next ability, which is... Yep, at second level, we get Wild Shape. Uh, as an action, you can magically assume the shape of a beast you have seen before. You can use this feature twice. You regain expended uses when you finish a short or long rest. Your druid level determines the beast the beasts you can become, as shown at the beast table below. Uh, at second level, you can become creatures with a max CR of one-fourth, with limitations of no flying or swimming speed, example being a wolf. At fourth level, you can be a creature with a max CR of one-half, with a limitation of no flying speed, so you could be like a crocodile or a shark. Uh, and at eighth level, you can become a creature with a max CR of one, with no limitations, so you could be a giant eagle. Yeah, and I think people like look at the CRs like, oh, I can only become a CR one creature at level eight, but the, the way the CR system doesn't necessarily exactly equate to level, mm-hmm. um, and and a CR and being able to transform into a CR one creature is pretty potent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is a couple more things to note in Wild Shape. Uh, basically, you can stay in the B shape for a number of hours equal to half your Druid level, rounded down, then you revert to your normal form. Uh, unless you expend another use of the feature. Uh, you can also revert to your normal form early as a bonus action. And if you uh, so if you automatically revert if you automatically revert, if you fall unconscious or drop to zero hit points or die. Uh, so that's useful to know. Uh, transformation rules apply. Uh, your game statistics are replaced with that of the beast, except for retaining your alignment, personality, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma scores. You also retain all your skills and saving throw proficiencies, in addition to gaining those of the creature, if the creature has saving th- has some proficiencies, uh, as a bonus in the stat block that is higher than yours. Uh, use the creature's bonus instead of yours. If the creature has any legendary, has any legendary or lair actions, you cannot use them. You want to take the next point? Yeah, when you transform, you assume the beast hit points and hit dice. When you revert to your normal form, you return to the number of hit points you had before you transformed. However, if you revert as a result of dropping to zero hit points, any excess damage carries over to your normal form. For example, if you take 10 damage in animal form and you only have one hit point left, you revert and take 9 damage. As long as that the excess damage doesn't resert, reduce your normal form to zero hit points, you aren't knocked unconscious. This makes... Uh, do we want to talk about the, all the cool things about Wild Shape before or after? Uh, we'll talk about it after. Let's just talk about all the things. Let's just talk about all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, when you're in Wild Shape, you cannot cast spells, and your ability to speak or take actions that require hands is limited to the, the capabilities of your beast form. Transforming doesn't break concentration, though. 
on a spell that you've already cast, however, uh, or however, or prevent you from taking the actions as part of a spell, such as call lightning that you've already cast, so you can continue to call down lightning bolts even though you're sitting down as a pigeon. Mm-hmm. Um, you also retain the benefit of any features from your class, race, or other source, um, and can use them in, in the new form if, if it is physically capable of doing so. Um, however, you can't use any special senses such as dark vision unless your new form also has that sense. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you can you can if you are like a weird druid rogue, you could you can dash as a bonus action. But you you also, or if you're like a, if you have like five levels of fighter and a little bit of druid, you can also multi attack mm-hmm. with your with your form. I think that's how it works. Yeah. But you can also multi attack with the beast form too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this one's kind of confusing sometimes, but you know. Yeah. Anyways. Just do what makes sense. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, if it seems broken, just talk with your DM about it a bit. So, yeah, it's it's kind of like a there. We could get into a long, like sort of like legal battle about what would and wouldn't work. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's it's not worth it. It just yeah, just rule it rule it as it comes Mm because I doubt it will rarely show up. Yeah, right. Or it will rarely show up. I, I don't doubt it will rarely show yeah, up. Yeah, most players um, don't honestly even know about that, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and finally, uh, you choose whether your equipment falls to the ground in your space, merges into your new form, or is worn by it. Uh, worn equipment functions as normal, but the DM decides whether it is practical or not for the new form to wear a piece of equipment based on the creature's shape and size. Your equipment does not change shape and size to match your new form, and any, and any equipment that the new form can't wear must either fall to the ground or merge with it. My equipment that merges with a new form has no effect until you leave this form. So the thing I see, I think this will only come to play is if you're like, if maybe you like wild shape into like a gorilla and you still want to have your like sword or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and uh, which is cool. Well, your quarterstaff, <laughs> but, but don't. Yeah, your quarterstaff. Well, you druids have scimitars. Yeah, I guess. Um, but if you're going to go to a gorilla form, I don't think you want to have a dex-based weapon. Anyways, wild shape is great. Yeah, there's a lot to it. So if you're going to play a druid, I would suggest making like, my, I would suggest making your own list of my animals you want to shape into. But something of mm-hmm. note, my, at the bottom of the Xanathar's Guide, my, they do have a list of animals that you can wild shape into uh, with their CRs next to them, like based on certain regions if you want to try to fit in. Uh, so like that's a good thing to reference, but you know, it's also good to have your own yeah, it's also good to have your own list written down of, hey, this is the these are the creatures I like to transform into the most, and here's the monster manual page with their stat block. So very helpful for you and very helpful for DM. Yeah, you you don't if you're playing this class, you don't want to put that on your DM to be like, I'm gonna wild shape into this, mm-hmm. and then like your DM's like it's like it's well within the DM's purview to be like, okay, you transformed into such and such. Get what what's the stats for that? And uh, I th- I think the the responsibility is on you to be to have that at least semi ready, mm-hmm. um, or find that if you don't have it ready. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, like, when I, what I was talking about earlier with the spells and, like, concentration, I think that it was purposely, they purposely gave druids a lot of concentration spells so you can do this. You can ca- cast a spell, concentrate on it, um, 
and then transform into your like a bear or something like that and or like a wolf mm-hmm. and fight in your animal form but also being able to call lightning or continue to hold the person or mm-hmm. whatever yeah so yeah, what'd you know? Wizards of the Coast is blending their class stuff and making it work together. What? <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then and also people will always mention like the uh, being able to assume the beast's hit points and stuff mm-hmm. makes it, it does make your druid very tough mm-hmm. because you have access to an entirely different hit point pool that doesn't even affect yours. Yeah, but there's ways around this. Mm-hmm. Um, Yep. So also at second level, you get Druid Circle. So this is your archetype of your choice. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Um, uh, wild. You also get at fourth level, you you get Wild Shape Improvement and Ability Score Improvement. We already co- covered the Wild Shape Improvement. Mm-hmm. You just get Swimming Speed, a CR one half, Ability Score Improvement. Same as it's always been. Mm-hmm. Four, um, eight, one, 12, one 16, fourth. and nineteen. Yep. And um. Do we have any like feats that you would really want to take as a druid? I feel like it's really like for druid you can do a lot just because of that wild shape. It gives you a lot more opportunities to like if you want to play up front brawling it out with the barbarian, then you certainly can do that because you have that extra pool of HP. Uh, so mm-hmm. perhaps you might want to take a weapon master feat, which people say isn't really the best. Uh, but you know, if you want to wield that great sword so badly, then you can. Um, I mean, you'd have to, yeah, you'd have to, you're you're gonna have to sink some stuff into it to kind of get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's more than feasible. Yep. Uh, or if you want to stick with spell casting, then of course there's a lot of different spell casting feats you could take, like spell sniper, magic initiate, or war caster would be really like I could see being really nice. Yeah. I, I, that's that's like the only thing I can really think of is just Warcaster all the way. That brings us to basically the, we get another uh, wild shape improvement at eighth, but it, it's all it's nothing. You don't get anything um, until eighteenth level, mm-hmm. which uh, you get timeless body. Starting at eighteenth level, the primal magic wield causes you to age more slowly. For every ten years that pass, your body ages only one year. So basically, your lifespan is uh increased by 10 by a multiple of 10 mm-hmm. which is gets get, gets kind of crazy mm-hmm. so it it's very cool it's it's obviously not anything major yeah i doubt that you're going to see this in play and yeah but once you get there it really feels like okay i've made it to the highest echelon of um mm-hmm. of my class i'm not like i will be around for ages to come. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also at 18th level, you get beast spells. Beginning at 18th level, you can cast many of your druid spells in any shape you assume while using wild shape. Uh, you can perform the somatic and verbal components of a druid spell while in beast shape, but you aren't able to provide material components. So, yeah. You, you have some spell access. Yeah, you have limited. Mm-hmm. Um, but you get you get it all when once you get to to twentieth level, mm-hmm. and you get Arch Druid. Mm-hmm. At twentieth level, you can use your Wild Shape an unlimited number of times. That's pretty sweet. Yep. Um, because you're you have you have essentially an infinite pool of hit points to access. Mm-hmm. Um, additionally, you can ignore the 
the verbal and somatic components of your verbal spells, as well as any uh, material components that lack a cost and aren't consumed by a spell. So most material components, uh, except for like some stuff, you're not going to be able to cast like reincarnate in your wild shape form. But it basically gives you access to ninety percent, ninety percent of your spell list. Yep. Which is which is pretty great. So you do all that stuff mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. And honestly, as a capstone ability, short, sweet, to the point, and it makes you feel awesome. Hmm. I would also say when you're in um. The other thing is that you can, because you can, this says you can ignore these subverbal and somatic components. It also essentially makes you immune to counterspell, which is something I don't think people think about too much. Mm -hmm. Because basically, you're doing subtle spell all the time. Uh, And that's, you can be in your wild shape, and you don't, you can be in your normal shape to do that. Mm -hmm. Which is something that's very cool. I just noticed that. Yeah, and (laughs) unless you're fighting someone who knows what kind of spells you're casting and might be able to predict when you're going to do it they can your dm would have to have a very good reason to counterspell you yeah i would i would be like if i was see i'm I'm seeing this from like a dm perspective it's like if i'm throwing someone with the arch druid feature at my party mm-hmm. um i'm gonna be like you you got there's just there's nothing to counterspell you don't see anything going on what are you reacting to you just the firestorm just appears over your head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't, you can't counterspell that. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Unless your players want um, to just randomly throw counterspells out like part way mm-hmm. through and just guess that there's a spell going on, then sure they could do that, but they're probably going to waste a lot of spell slots doing it. Yeah. I would say that I'd give them like, I'd give them a roots to do it. Like mm-hmm. um, maybe like, performing an insight check or something like that or um mm-hmm. but like you, you, it's like okay you can use your action on this turn to try and read this person mm-hmm. and figure out you know and get a feel for like any tells they have when they cast their spells mm-hmm. but because they're not they're not chanting or they don't they don't have to chant they don't have to wiggle their fingers at all and and they don't even have to bring out any like weird material components they just it just happens mm-hmm. um and there I'm, I'm sorry there's just yeah there's just nothing to react to <laughs> yeah honestly this is a great incentive if you are going to end up playing a higher level campaign to just stick with pure druid yes absolutely mm-hmm. um i i think that's the way to go i i don't just go the go um druid all the way mm-hmm. but i guess and now, after covering the capstone, let's go ahead and start moving into the archetypes. Heck yeah. So, starting off, we have the Circle of the Land. Uh, starting off right away, you get to choose a bonus cantrip that you get at level 2 from the Druid spell list. So, you know, it's kind of nice. I love cantrips. Uh, you you also get uh, Natural Recovery, which is... Uh, uh, starting in second level, you regain some of your magical energy by sitting in meditation and communing with nature. During a short rest, you can choose to uh, expend itself spell slots to recover. The spell slots uh, can have a combined level that is equal to or less than half your druid level rounded up, and none of these spell slots can be six level or higher. Um, you can use this. You can't use this feature until you finish a, lo- a long rest. So basically, on short rest, you can you can get so- uh, some of your spell slots back, which is it's pretty nice. Um, it, this is very similar to the arcane recovery with the wizard, which we haven't talked about yet. But um, 
uh, th this kind of solidifies the circle of the land is more is, is but definitely all nature wizard it's it, it gives me that that vibe this is the spell casting focused druid yes and speaking of spell casting my you get well at starting at third level you get your circle spells my when you choose the circle of the land, you have a couple options for what kind of land you're going to be, I guess, attuned with. Uh, mm -hmm. Do we want to just sort of lightning round through it? I and... think it's time for another lightning round. Okay. Uh, a lot. Starting off with uh, Arctic, you get well, at third level, you get hold person, spike growth. Fifth level, sleet storm, slow. Seventh level, freedom of movement and ice storm. Ninth level, commune with nature and cone of cold. All right, with coast, you get at third level, you get mirror image and misty step. At fifth level, you get water breathing and water walk. At seventh level, you get control water, freedom of movement. And at uh, ninth level, you get conjure elemental and scrying. As a desert druid, you get third level, blur and silence. Fifth level, create food and water and protection from energy. Seventh level, uh, blight and hallucin hallucinatory terrain, and at ninth level you get insect plague and wall of stone. If you choose the forest, you get at third level you get bark skin and spider climb. At fifth level you get call lightning and plant growth. At seventh level you get divination and freedom of movement. At ninth level you commune with nature and tree stride. If you choose a grassland druid, you get third level invisibility and pass without a trace. Uh, fifth level daylight and haste. Seventh level divination, freedom of movement. And ninth level, a dream and insect plague. Um, if you choose the mountain, you get at third level, you get spider climb and spike growth. At fifth level, you get lightning bolt and meld into stone. At seventh level, you get stone shape and stone skin. At ninth level, you get pass wall and wall of stone. If you choose a swamp druid, you get third level darkness and Melf's acid arrow. Fifth level, water walk and stinking cloud. Seventh level, freedom of movement and locate creature. And at ninth level, insect plague and scrying. And if you choose the Underdark, you get at third level you get Spider Climb and Web. At fifth level you get Gaseous Form and Stinking Cloud. At seventh level you get a Greater Invisibility and Stone Shape. And at ninth level you get Cloud Kill and Insect Plague. And something to note: you always have these spells prepared, and they do not count against the number of spells you can prepare each day. Yeah, so these are just a big, you know, they're just automatically have them all the time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'd say. Kind of all of these spells very well fit their oh like, their coastal I mean, well their uh, their I guess location. Yeah, going through them, it's really it's really kind of fascinating how like like you can just sort of see how these fit in just a very like weird way. And it's like it doesn't even have to be like uh it it might not even be very like directly. It's might. Like obviously, uh, tree stride with forest makes perfect sense, but like in a weird way, um, having invisibility and pass without trace for the grassland also makes mm -hmm. the same amount of sense. Like it's it's not what I would have I would have ever thought, but it's like, oh, I mm -hmm. I I get that that really fits in a, like, in a strange way. Specifically, as I was reading through that, I was imagining my like Hobbiton, like from mm -hmm. the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. It's like that yeah. place is basically a grassland and it's like people just sort of walk by and don't even notice it and also stuff like yeah. dream it's like yeah that makes sense like grassland relaxing i don't know it's like yeah it's very it's very charming how well these fit um mm -hmm. i do also like that they included underdark 
as a like as a location. Heck yeah, the Underdark is great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, I think that brings us to our sixth level ability, which is going to be Land Stride. Um, starting at sixth level, moving through non-magical difficult terrain constitutes no extra movement. You can also pass through non-magical plants without being slowed by them and without taking any damage for them from them if they have thorns, spines, or similar hazards. In addition, you have advantage on saving throws against plants that are magically created or manipulated to impede movement, such as those created by the Entangle spell. Um, so, like, it, I mean, it's not, like, the biggest boost in the world, um, mm-hmm. but it's very it's very apt. It's like, the, yeah. like, yeah, I just walk through the, the jungle and stuff, and they just parts around me because the jungle's mm-hmm. my boy. Yeah. Oh, it's neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, at 10th level, you get Nature's Ward. Uh, you cannot be charmed or frightened by elementals or fey, and you're immune to poison and disease. I believe that is the poisoned condition rather than poison damage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I'm not actually sure about that since it's not. It doesn't specify, so it might. It might be both, but I don't know. That... I would say because it doesn't specify because the poison condition is just mm-hmm. called poison. Oh yeah. Poison damage is will always be referred to as poison damage. You know, it's like. Yep. Right. When if somebody's immune to fire damage, they don't say where they're immune to fire. They say they're immune to fire damage. So that's how I would read it. Fair enough. Uh, so yeah, it's an interesting ability. It's kind of nice to have. Um, it's definitely, neat. it's nice <laughs> not being able to be charmed by Fey. Yeah. I, yeah. But you know, it's <laughs> it's there. The I think we'll uh, we'll get into I'll get into my criticism of this and when after. Our 14th level, Nature Sanctuary. Mm-hmm. When you reach 14th level, um, creatures of the natural world sense your connection to, the, to nature and become hesitant to attack you. When a, when a beast or plant creature attacks you, uh, that creature must make a wisdom saving throw against your druid spell save DC. On a failed save, that creature must choose a different target or that attack automatically misses. Um, if this On a successful save, the creature is immune for, to this effect for 24 hours. Um, the creature is aware of this effect before it makes its attack against you. Again, it's neat. At 14th mm-hmm. level, I don't know how many beasts and plants or creatures you're fighting. Yeah. I think yeah. that brings to like the criticism. It's like it's very much like what you're getting from this subclass is going to be the bonus spells. Yep. Um which are which are good and they're very fun and and whatnot. But <laughs> Yeah. Um, like definitely the 6th level ability. Like it it sounds cool. Like you feel cool when you're just walking through the woods and plants are parting around you, but it's not very useful. I just don't know how often these things, these, uh, these are very like edge cases. Like how, how often are, you know, it's like, okay, you can, um, you know, non, you're, you're ignoring non-magical different difficult terrain, which might come up in mm-hmm. a, a few scenarios. So that, that does, will, will get you through a pinch here, here and there. Um, yeah, but like nature's war word, but also that land strike, uh, that land stride. That's just you. Yeah, like your the rest of your party still has to deal with it, so you're going to be slow down mm-hmm. anyways if you're traveling for a long time. Yeah, and um, and then you have nature's ward being charmed or frightened by elementals or fey. I mean, like if you're going up against genie and. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're doing a fake campaign, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be very useful. But like, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. Maybe not always going to happen. Maybe those three sessions you're in the Feywild. 
yeah. Um, and then Nature Sanctuary, it's a really good it's a really good ability if you're fighting plants and beasts all the time. And I just don't see that happen. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't in in your typical D and D campaign because this this is the thing with all these kind of abilities is like I always feel like I have to preface is like yes there are cases where these are 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 going to be like amazing and really good if you're doing a Feywild campaign this class will will this subclass will be fantastic mm-hmm. because you're going to be encountering all these things but in a typical D and D campaign you know the, the type of stuff you see from adventure modules and stuff like this this kind of thing only comes up maybe once or twice and, and it's probably going to be low level it's probably going to be low level mm-hmm. so i really like this subclass i wish it had a little more umph in the higher levels mm-hmm. yeah speaking of a subclass uh, with a little more umph my circle of the moon oh, this is probably the crowd favorite. here we go yeah it, it, it's the fan favorite uh, starting mm-hmm. at level 2, you get Combat Wild Shape. Uh, when you choose this circle at level 2, you gain the ability to use Wild Shape on your turn as a bonus action rather than an action. Additionally, while you are while you are transformed by Wild Shape, you can use a bonus action to expend one of your spell slots to regain 1d8 hit points per level of spell slot expended. So you remember those smite slots from my Paladin? Well, they've now become mm-hmm. healing slots. Yeah, and they become more being able HP to your... for your already added on HP. Yeah, being able to give yourself D8s just as a bonus action to kind of keep your combat shape going is going to be... And you might be saying to me, Gabe, but you only get a CR 1 fourth creature for your, your combat wild shape. That can't be very good. Wrong! <laughs> you get you get circle forms, again, at second level. Um, starting at second level, you can use your wild shape to transform into a beast with a challenge rating as high as 1. You ignore the max CR column of the beast shapes table. Um, um, starting at and then starting at sixth level, you can transform into a beast with a challenge rating as high as your druid level divided by three, rounded down. Um, so basically, that's the math. It's kind of a, a pain mm-hmm. there, but um, when you're at level twenty, I'm gonna do the math on this. Divided by twenty divided by three, you basically have you have access to uh, CR six creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, you still have to abide by. You still have to play by the rules of like the flying and swimming. So you're not going to be able to fly to level eight, mm-hmm. but you know you're, you're you're getting some hefty forms. You're getting yeah. some big, big, beefy boys bringing out to the uh, mm-hmm. to the uh, you know to yeah. fight. And given that you still have <laughs> access to like some of your other abilities that you get, I mean, like yeah, you're getting crap tons of hp stacked on top of what you already have so you could go yeah. through an entire combat or you could go you could probably go through an entire dungeon being a beast and not have your actual hp touched yeah and the thing about this this is that you get all this cool stuff with like the beasts and stuff and you and the thing is is on top of that you're still a full caster mm-hmm. <laughs> you come out of your wild shape you still have the full power of the druid spell list which is nothing to sneeze at mm-hmm. yeah um so yeah uh, yeah mm-hmm. there's a reason why people really like this yeah um and continuing on with it uh at level six you get primal strike your attacks in beast form count as magical for the purposes of overcoming resistance and immunity to non-magical attacks and damage so you now are magical bear. Yeah, that which it, it it's nothing crazy, but it makes sense. You're gonna 
mm-hmm. you're going to need it um, because, I mean, at six level, pretty much everything has resistance or immunity to non-magical mm-hmm. um, bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing. Um, yeah. Uh, and then at tenth level, we get elemental wild shape, which is nuts. Um, so if you expend both of your uses of your wild shape at the same time, so if you expend two uses of your wild shape, um, you can use use it to transform into an air elemental, an earth elemental, a fire elemental, or a water elemental. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that is nothing <laughs> to sneeze at. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I'm looking, I'm looking at earth elemental. That's 126 hit points that you just have on command. Yes, you're using both your wild shapes, but that, that's worth it. Mm-hmm. You, you have got, you've got a phenomenal shape that you're, um. A form that you can just take and mm-hmm. you know if you want to be like very attack heavy you've got you've got options from that um it, can, it gives you really these sort of really beefy wild shapes that are going to mm-hmm. uh you're gonna clean house with this yeah especially when you get if you ever get to level 20 and then you can just change into a different you, you can change into one of these and get all their hp as a bonus action as many times as you want forever Mm-hmm. It, it gets nuts yeah and given um, that it's like sure yes you are expending both of your wild shapes to do this but 128 hp as a earth elemental think of that as like when you hit level 10 like and you do that you are basically just stacking on the fighter's hp on top of your own yeah because you're probably as a druid assuming you you put like a little bit into constitution say you had like a plus two con i feel like it, I'm, I'm making an entire guess i could be very mm-hmm. wrong um at like eighth level i feel like you're getting your uh, or at tenth level you're hitting the triple digits so you're um if you have a and if you have a decent con with a d8 you can you can probably you roll say you rolled good too you're probably getting into triple digits here mm-hmm. um and this is basically just doubling your hp <laughs> just, yeah Oh my gosh, it's nuts. And you also have other abilities that aren't just like pure combat and pure mm-hmm. HP that we can look at too. It's like yeah, like Earth Glide um, is an Earth Elemental. Yeah, you have Earth Glide. You got you have Dark Vision and Tremor Sense as an Earth Elemental. You can you have a crazy you have a a, a nut so swim speed as a as a Water Elemental, and you can basically become like in you can engulf people, and mm-hmm. there's all sorts of different things. You can squeeze through tiny spaces, and whew, I it, it, this sort of scares me if I ever. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I've never had a druid get to that high level, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, they get some terrifying stuff. Yeah. Then, um, what's our 14th level? Yeah, at 14th level, you get a thousand forms. Uh, you have learned to use ma- to use magic to alter your physical form in more subtle ways. You can cast alter self at will. Neat. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, I mean, considering we just you just got the, the ability to change into elementals. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to top <laughs> oh. that and make it reasonable. So honestly, I yeah. don't mind this. No, not at all. Mm-hmm. Also, it, you know, the name's kind of great. Thousand forms. Just one thousand forms. Mm-hmm. Um, also, yeah. alter self isn't like alter self is really good to have and be able to do that at will. Like depending on the kind yeah. of campaign you're doing, it's like, yeah, that's that, that, that's it's not bad. That's it's not sweet. bad at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's just, I mean, it doesn't, obviously it does not punch at the caliber of like elemental wild shape. It's just mm-hmm. like, so, yeah. you know, 
got you got some give and take here. Um, mm-hmm. But this is the uh, fan I mean, favorite for a reason. Yeah, you're. This is not so. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I would talk more about it, but we, I'm just gonna be. It's basically just beating beating a dead horse at this point because it's. You know why it's good. Yeah. It kind of gets to the point. It's like, why would? It's like, who cares about the extra spell casting when I get all of this cool stuff? Like, I can do all this cool stuff with my wild shape, and still be a caster. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the thing I see all the time. Yeah. But so, Gabe, we don't need to. What if you don't be... want to play a more combat druid? What if you want to play a healing druid? Oh well, then we, don't worry. I've got the circle of dreams for you. Very Feywild, very um, flavor, uh, very interesting. I've played a little bit of this because mm-hmm. we needed a healer, um, and this is probably the best healer. Um, but yeah, uh, right away at second level with the circle of dreams, you get balm of the summer court. Uh, you basically uh, yada yada summer court, you get healing energy and stuff like that. You have a f- Pool of Fey energy represented by a, pool, a number of d6s equal to your druid level. So, for fourth level druid, you have four d6s. As a bonus action, you can choose one creature you can see within 120 feet of you, and spend a number of the, those dice equal to half your druid level or less, um, and add them together. So the target regains a number of hit points equal to the the total. Uh, the target also gains one temporary hit point per dice spent. So, if I'm an eighth level druid, I can as a bonus action within 120 feet, give somebody 46 uh, plus 4 temporary hit points. Mm-hmm. Um, 46 healed, and then 4 to extra temp HP. That's, I mean, combined with the fact that you can do, you can you have access to some decent healing spells as well, mm-hmm. it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. It, it, I've, I've used this to great effect. Um, and then you, you regain all expended when you finish the long rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, I don't really have, have a whole lot to say about it, um, but being able to use it, the bonus action and such a long distance makes it basically, I would say, a better healing word, be, um, especially because you you're not using your spell slot. Mm-hmm. You, can be, you, can feel, you can feel fine about using this and then being like, I don't, I don't need to save this for a cure wounds or whatever. Yeah. My, I guess moving on to the sixth level ability, mm-hmm. my Hearth of Moonlight and Shadow also just something i really want to say these are some cool names like these are some really cool ability names shout out to wizards for those cool names Mm -hmm. yeah anyways at six level my home can be wherever you are during a short or long rest you can evoke a shadowy place of the glooming court to help guard your respite uh, help guard your respite my yeah respite whatever my (laughs) At the start of your rest, you can touch a you can touch a point in space and an invisible thirty foot radius sphere uh, of magic appears centered around that point. The covers total cover blocks the sphere. So you're well within the sphere. You and your allies gain a plus five to dexterity stealth checks and perception checks. Uh, and any light from open flames within the sphere, a campfire, torches, or of the like, are invisible. Well, isn't invisible. Wait, here and any light from open flame in the sphere isn't invis- isn't visible outside of it. Jeez, it is invisible. <laughs> yeah, it's invisible. People cannot see it. That's just weird wording. Uh, yeah, uh, I'll blame the wording on that one, not myself, because clearly I'm perfect. Uh, the sphere vanishes at the end of the rest, or or when you leave the sphere. Hmm. So, 
nice little mm-hmm. nice uh, ability to give you a spot to sleep. Yeah, if you don't happen to have Layman's Tiny Hut from someone, it's really nice to have. It's like this also stacks well with. I mean, mm-hmm. put this on Layman's Tiny Hut and stuff like that. You are safe. Mm-hmm. I, hidden paths at, at tenth level. You can starting at tenth level. You can use your the hidden magical pathways that some fae use to traverse space in a blink in the blink of an eye. As a bonus action on your turn, you can teleport up to 60 feet to an unoccupied space you can see. Alternatively, you can use your action to teleport one willing creature. You touch up to 30 feet to an unoccupied space you can see. You can use this feature a number of times equal to your wisdom modifier, minimum of once, and you gain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. Um, I yeah. love this. Uh, free teleports? Mm-hmm. Gimme, gimme. Spatial <laughs> combat control? Mm, that's, that's some nice stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, that's pretty, not a whole lot else to say. I, anything that lets me teleport without using a spell mm-hmm. is is a is a a plus in my book. Yeah, uh, fairly simple. Uh, well, maybe not simple, but yeah, makes sense. <laughs> uh, yeah. Finally, at level fourteen, we get Walker in Dreams. Fourteenth level, the Fey, the magic of the Feywild grants you the ability to travel mentally or physically through dreamlands. Uh, when you finish a short rest, you can cast one of the following spells without expending a spell slot or requiring material components. So you can cast Dream with you as the messenger, Scrying, or Teleportation Circle. You can use the Teleportation Circle. This use of Teleportation Circle is special. Rather than opening a portal to a permanent teleportation circle it opens a portal to the last location where you finish a long rest on your current plane of existence if you haven't taken a long rest on your current plane of existence the spell fails but wasn't wasted once you use this feature you can't use it again until you finish a long rest so yeah this is, this is pretty great i mean you go this is like very um very like classic dungeon delvey if mm-hmm. you were like you're about that you, you, like that kind of gameplay like a mega dungeon i see mm-hmm. like you sleep in the tavern the night before and then you go you go hardcore into the dungeon you see how far you guys can get and then mm-hmm. and then it without it, and then you don't have to really worry about extending yourself because the druid just we, it's like we take up we take our short rest and then we just get teleported back to the tavern mm-hmm. and yeah. also being able to have a free use of scrying mm-hmm. uh, and, and and dream dreams too cool too but mm-hmm. uh, let's be honest yeah, scrying all, is scrying is awesome yeah, being able to have a free use of that is pretty dang good. Mm-hmm. So, overall thoughts on the Circle of Dreams? I really like this. It's a very like weird, like support, like style of support. Like it's got the healing, um, but it doesn't really like. It's like you got this healing ability at second level, and it's sort of just there. You have that, um, but then it kind of goes into like all this like different like. Uh, Things that like really deal with like sleep and like the Fey Wild. Mm-hmm. I really like it. I really like the flavor. Yeah, um, all the abilities are very solid. I don't. I know we didn't have a whole lot to say about them, um, mm-hmm. but they're just very like fun, fun, flavorful abilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think Circle of Dreams very well fits the whole. Like it seems very playful to me. Mm-hmm. Like it seems like you can have a lot of fun with it since. You are going around healing. You're providing protection for your party. This feels like a very good support druid. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. But that brings us to our final druid of the day: is 
Circle of the Shepherd. Uh, very much like, if you want to play like a summoner druid, this is kind of up your alley. Speech of the Woods. At second level, you gain the ability to converse with beasts and many fey. You re- learn to read, write, and uh, speak, speak, read, write, and uh, sylvan. In addition, beasts can understand your speech, and you gain the ability to decipher their noises and motions. Most beasts lack the intelligence to convey or understand sophisticated thoughts, concepts, but a friendly beast could relay um, what it had seen or in, or heard in the recent pasts. This ability doesn't grant, grant you friendship with the beasts, uh, though you can combine this ability to uh, with gifts to curry the favor with them as you would any other non-player character. What's that, girl? Old Timmy fell down the old abandoned well? <laughs> yeah. Arr, arr. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, just... I think it's nice. It's, you know, you don't you, get you wanna, Sylvan all too often, so... Yeah. You want to play this... You want to play this character if... I see this is very much like a Disney princess kind of ability. Mm-hmm. Where you can just be like, you know, talking to the animals and stuff like that and making friends with them. And Yeah, this is the druid yeah. princess. Oh, I can see... Uh, I, I really like this, all this stuff, but I would hate this as a DM. It's like, it's like <laughs> oh my gosh, he's bringing along his entourage of birds and deer mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's like, oh my god, mm-hmm. uh, this, is, this is terrible. <laughs> yep. I, gotta, I have to make sure I keep track of all these freaking woodland creatures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Um, Anyways, also at second level, you get the spirit totem. Uh, you can call forth nature spirits to influence the world around you. As a bonus action, you can magically summon an incorporeal spirit to a point you can see within 60 feet of you. The spirit uh, creates an aura in a 30-foot radius around that point. It counts as neither a creature nor an object, though it has the spectral appearance of a creature it represents. Uh, as a bonus action, you can move the spirit up to 60 feet to a point you can see. The spirit persists for one minute or until you are incapacitated. Uh, once you use this feature, you can't use it again until you finish a short or long rest. Then there are a couple different spirits that you can choose from. Uh, the first one I'll talk about being the Bear Spirit. Uh, the Bear Spirit grants you and your allies uh, as might its might and endurance. Each creature of your choice within the aura of the spirit, when the spirit appears, gains temp HP equal to 5 plus your druid level. In addition, your allies gain advantage on strength checks and strength saving throws in the aura. What does the Hawk Spirit do for us? Hawk Spirit is a consummate hunter aiding your allies with its keen sight. When a creature makes an attack roll against a target in the spirit's aura, you can use your reaction to grant advantage to the attack that attack roll. In addition, your allies have advantage on wisdom perception checks while in the aura. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then we have the Unicorn Spirit, because of course you have to have a Unicorn Spirit if you're a druid princess. Uh the unicorn spirit lends its protection to those nearby you and your allies gain advantage on all ability checks made to detect creatures in the spirit's aura in addition if you cast a spell using a spell slot that restores hit points to any creature inside or outside the aura each creature of your choice in the aura also regains hit points equal to your druid level so healing. yeah if you throw the unicorn spirit up front in the middle of battle with all of your heavy hitters up front. So I think the way I see it, the way I see it is you you throw that up with all of the woodland creatures that you brought along. Oh yes, <laughs> with mm-hmm. your entourage, and when they get hit a little bit, you just heal one of them, and then that that healing sort of like disperses out throughout them and heals mm-hmm. them all. Yeah, 
so, and you have a, a, an army of a freaking woodland creatures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this <Yeah>. is terrible. <laughs> yeah, spirit totems—they're pretty nice to have. Like, it's nicely you don't yeah, have they're... to pick and choose; you just get to have all of them and just you know use one every short or long rest. I think, and I think this goes without saying: you don't have to. The unicorn spirit totem doesn't have to be a unicorn spirit if you aren't about that, or if you know. Or like, if you don't want a bear, you want a. You want an elk uh, or want, something. Yeah, yeah, you can pick and choose. It, it it doesn't actually change anything. So. Yeah, what are you talking about, Gabe? It must be a unicorn. Nothing but unicorns. Huh, yeah. What if I want just <laughs> a buff unicorn, a smart <laughs> unicorn, and, and a yeah, unicorn a, a unicorn? Jack un- yeah, and they're like a jacked unicorn, a unicorn with like glasses, and a um, <laughs> and a regular unicorn. unicorn. It, yeah, the regular unicorn is just like a cartoon unicorn for like My Little Pony or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, uh, what do we get at level six? Six level, six level. You get mighty summoner um, beasts and fey you conjure are more resilient than normal. Any beasts or or fey summoned or created by the spell uh, you cast gain the following benefits. Uh, the creature appears with more hit points than normal. Two extra hit points per hit die it has. Um, the damage from its natural weapons are considered magical for the purposes of overcoming immunity and resistance to non-magical attacks and damage. So really kind of buffing up your summons. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this it, is it, a good time to bring up my one last druid spell that they're probably going to be using a lot that is kind of a DM's bane. That being yeah. conjure woodland beings. Mm-hmm. Uh, or conjure animals or yeah i'm gonna specifically mention conjure woodland beings because it's what i found first Uh, okay basically how it works is uh you summon fey creatures that appear in unoccupied spaces that are within range Uh, choose one of the following options uh, for what appears one fey creature with a challenge rating of two or lower two fey creatures with a challenge rating of one or lower four fey with cr of one half or lower or eight fey with a CR of one-fourth or lower. Yeah, my, the main problem with this is, my at the end it says, the DM has the, the creature's statistics. <laughs> and also, so, I th- in the spell, it does not say what you summon. You merely choose the amount. Yeah. So, a lot of people instead like to do it so that the player handles everything, and mm-hmm. the player decides what gets summoned the player decides like everything that happens with them roll mission for the summon creatures of the group uh, which have their own commands they obey any verbal command that you issue them no action required uh, if you don't issue a command to them they defend instead but otherwise uh, take no actions so uh it's like it's sort of like this can be a big problem because Often players will use this for, like, to cheese the absolute crap out of something. Mm-hmm. Because the uh, action economy is, mm-hmm. it, it sort of gets to like a uh, kind of a, an issue with with D and D five e where it's just like, if the more initiative, the the better like control of the initiative you have as as players, mm-hmm. the more the more advantages you gain in combat. Yeah. Um, Simply because you're doing more things and whatnot, even if those actions are weak and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, 
uh, there are things you can do as a DM if you're if you're really uh, if you're really stressed about this or anything like that. You can just a I would just say talk talk to your um, your player if you're a DM if you're a player talk to your DM before you just come. It's like I'm just gonna summon a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. today. Oh yeah, tell um, your DM you have taken this spell. Yeah, let them know. And you you I think if you've chosen this subclass, they probably already know. Mm-hmm. They probably are like, all right, they're, they're gonna do this. Yeah. Um, and and just work work it out with you know with your you guys are supposedly friends mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, uh, if if you can like sort of work out a, a deal with this because there's plenty of things that can make it more interesting and compelling. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the idea of like the, your your summons remember you mm-hmm. and like if you treat them poorly they will stop answering your call yeah. and whatnot and um, and your like your spells will start failing mm-hmm. um, because you're supposed to be like this druid who's all you know supposed to help be helping and whatnot um yeah uh, if you if you summon a bunch of pixies and every time you summon them you just tell them hey polymorph that guy into a dog yeah they're chaotic creatures they're yeah they they don't want to do the same thing i get bored of doing this all the time what if i change you into a dog yeah um it's like uh yeah it can also lead to some (laughs) fun quests as well because it's technically not the player who should be allowed to choose. Well, it's technically not the player who chooses what kind of creatures get summoned. So maybe if you want to have certain creatures be summoned, that could be a quest to go into the Feywild mm-hmm. or to go into somewhere and form a contract with something to say, hey, I want to be able to summon you, and specifically mm-hmm. you. Yeah, and it really it makes summoning into, I think, more fun. Cause it, uh, because... It also opens up the the path for like summoning more powerful creatures than spells would normally allow. Mm-hmm. Like if you go seek out as a, if I'm running a game, if you if you want to play a summoner and you want to go seek out the uh, a power a more powerful entity um, than you can normally summon, I'm down with like yeah it's like yeah you gotta you don't have to jump through some hoops and stuff like that and maybe mm-hmm. do some stuff for them. Um, but like yeah, like I'll let you have a, a beefier summon. Mm-hmm. Like that, then you definitely, then you should have. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see some fun stuff for trying to convince like some higher, like some higher powerful fae to essentially become your like. Yeah, I want you to come help me right now. I could see some really fun mm-hmm. stuff happening where it's like, yeah, no, I won't come help you unless you always wear different clothes every single day for the rest of your life. If you wear the same <laughs> set of clothes for one consecutive day, I will not come help you. Yeah, kind of like taking a little bit of that warlock flavor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, there's definitely some stuff you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I, I really I, like summoning. Uh, mm-hmm. This is where I, I will. I we're not a unearthed kind of podcast, really. But I really, 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 really like the um, uh, for summoning. They have the the conjure spirits mm-hmm. um, spells, like uh, or summon bestial like spirit, um, and it basically instead of uh, instead of giving you a like stuff you can pull from the monster manual, it gives you like a base stat block that you can modify with different like mm-hmm. you know you can sort of pick and choose with different. Uh, what am I trying to say? with uh, different like uh, variations and stuff mm-hmm. and it makes it so so 
that it can it's it can be more balanced um and uh and it, it makes it so <laughs> i don't know it makes it a uh, possible for to have really more interesting summons if you you just have like a, a a flavorless stat block that and then you're like all right i want to summon like the the uh amphibious version of it or mm-hmm. you know, i want to I send some summon an air creature and that comes shows up in the form of a giant eagle or whatever or mm-hmm. um or like a bear or, i don't know yeah what are you saying that summoning eight velociraptors with pack tactics isn't really balanced yeah, I just like let's just summon one beefy beefy mm-hmm. creature, and like that's cool. Let's yeah. be done with it. I'm all about that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that like I said, that's an Arthurkana Wizards. I know you're listening to me right now. Um, let's 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 get this into print, please. Mm-hmm. I'm all about it. I'm all for it. They're really good. Um, <laughs> Anyways, my Jeremy Jeremy Crawford hit me up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> moving into my the 10th level ability we have guardian spirit uh beginning 10th level your totem your spirit totem safeguards my the beasts and fey that you call forth with your magic when a beast or fey su- that you summoned or created with the spell ends its turn with and your spirit totem aura that creature regains a number of hit points equal to half your druid level so if you want to make See? that unicorn spirit even better and want to make your friends last even longer. There you go. See, this is this is what this person, this character, is all about. You don't need, you don't need to fight. You just need mm-hmm. your gaggle of woodland creatures to yep. fight for you. And then in their spirit, they just constantly are getting healed. You're just gonna be Snow oh. White singing and getting all of your birds to dive bomb. My, like, <laughs> I can just imagine a. They're gonna make of dresses blue, around. Yeah, a horde of bluebirds dive bombing dragons, and then just flying back to <laughs> sit in a aura of a unicorn. <laughs> oh gosh. Um. Uh, but at 14th level, we get faithful summons, and I really, really, really like this ability. Um, starting at 14th level, the nature spirits you commune with protect you when you are mo- the most defenseless. If you are reduced to zero points hit points or incapacitated against your will, you can immediately gain the benefits of a, of conjure woodland or conjure animals as, as if it were cast using a ninth level spell slot. Um, oh, I lost the description. Um, uh, it summons, it four, summons beasts four beasts of your... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it summons four beasts of your choice that are challenge rating two or lower. The conjured beasts appear 20 feet... Uh, uh, 20, within 20 feet of you... Uh, if they receive no commands from you, they protect you from harm and attack your foes. The spell lasts for one hour, requiring no concentration, or you dis- until you dismiss it. Uh, yeah, yes, please, mm-hmm. or big boy. Yeah, for those or... rare times that you happen to go down. Yeah, if you're, yeah, you're going to be rarely going down, but if you do get taken down, I think it. This is a, it is the perfect combination of potency because summoning four freaking bear i don't know what was a good challenge rating two uh, bears are definitely saber challenge tooth, rating two yeah polar bears saber tooth tigers uh, heck yeah giant constrictor snakes hell yeah giant elk um giant boars oh, I allosaurus i definitely want rhinoceros oh, oh yeah <laughs> this is just getting better and better um but yeah i love these like massive like like spirits coming just to your aid just because they they like oh our boy went down um mm-hmm. and uh 
we need to help him out. And then you don't. And then even once you get back up, you don't need to concentrate on the spell for the, when it for mm-hmm. the duration, which is an hour. Yeah. Whew, so that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely. Perfect that combination. Is, that just feels like even when you go down and you don't feel good, like knowing that you have this as backup and that you suddenly have you know four. You have four giant dinosaurs standing around you, or four polar bears who are going to de- defend you with their lives. It's like, yeah, I don't care who you are. If you have four polar bears going to gang up on you, it's like, eh, that's gonna do. This something. almost makes me want to go down because this because mm-hmm. that's such a dope scene. I could see um, this being actually being used where you purposefully hold on to your wild shapes, go down have someone bring you back up and then you just uh, enter wild shape so that it's like you're yeah. joining the fray. Well, the other thing is you don't even have to be, you don't even have to go down if you are incapacitated too against your will, which mm-hmm. can be a multitude. If you are, if you got hit with a whole person, um, that's, you are incapacitated against your will. Mm-hmm. I think there's some creatures that can like uh, restrain, like do some, they paralyze you and incapacitate you that way too. Mm-hmm. It's there are there are other ways to um to do that. Uh yeah. Uh, I would this is a a definite a definite a, a plus a plus plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is just it's it's cool. So, overall thoughts think, on the Circle of the Shepherd? I think I want to play this druid. I didn't I was like I was kind of middling on this this druid before and now i really want to play it now reading the abilities and stuff mm-hmm. i really i think this was the druid i want i would want to play i want to summon stuff i want to you want to be a disney bring, princess yeah i want to be a disney princess well let me mm-hmm. the hills are alive that's not disney princess um <laughs> the hills are alive with the sound of music the hills are alive with the sound of music um mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that, that that this sounds like would be so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'm not interested. I'm not like the kind of people who are like, oh, I want to just summon like a boatload of wolves. It's like, same with like the, the bestial spirit spells. I was just like, or like the, the, I'm just not interested in summoning mm-hmm. a bunch of animals. Just give me one one cool one, and yeah. that's all I need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like I want to summon one cool big thing i'm gonna ride on its back into battle and just yeah spell slaying i would much rather set summon one big wolf than you know an entire pack of wolves mm-hmm. it just looks cooler yeah get the anyways yeah um what about what it, did you have any other any thoughts on the circle of shepherd i mean it's pretty i feel like we've covered it fairly well uh Circle mm-hmm. of Shepherd is just cool. It's like, and we also had a good conversation about summoning, mm-hmm. which is yeah, sort of a a touchy subject in D anD D five e. So yeah, I guess um, your overall thoughts on the Druid. Uh, I honestly have changed my my tune about Druids mm-hmm. in just the, the course of this episode. Because like I used to be like ah, I really don't want to. Eh. Like okay, yeah, the wild shaping is cool and stuff like that. It's like it's that's just not my thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Eh. But like, but now, but now I'm like, oh, dang, summoning stuff. That's I, I really like that. So, mm-hmm. so I, I've changed. 
I'm, if you guys, you, you've listened to the start of this episode, I was different, not the way I am now. Mm-hmm. You've witnessed a change in personality in me. Mm-hmm. You'd be honored. <laughs> yeah, I would have to agree. Um, I was not as much of a fan of druids before this, just because like I haven't, I don't feel like I've seen a druid played very effectively before. Mm-hmm. And people just sort of, I don't know why, but people tend to shy away from druids. Uh, yeah but definitely more druid like i would i really want to try the circle of dreams druid like Mm. that's something that i think would be a lot of fun to do and i kind of want to retry my uh warforged druid at some point and just see like i want to really do that but yeah i guess another question i want to ask is what like if you're a dm what kind of place in the world do you think a druid would have like, what what would be their thing? Uh, I think I think depends on what kind of world you're you're doing. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you could I could definitely see them like being like uh, like having a, a village druid and like that they're like the ones who help the village's crops and stuff like that and that kind of sense. Mm-hmm. Or they might just be out in the wild and like just living like in a commune or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen uh, uh our our friend uh, in our D and D group uh, Dan he. He did um, these druids once, where they were like, they were like savages, and they wanted they wanted to see like the downfall mm-hmm. of civilization. They were like actively seeking to destroy civilization, and were like, and were the bad guys. Um, and that was really cool to see too. There's a ton of different stuff you can mm-hmm. do with that. Just like that relationship, you just have to kind of have that relationship with nature. And there's a different, uh, there's several different ways that you can view that relationship with nature, and then that relationship with the the civilization mm-hmm. um, i think that's really gonna help you figure out where where to place your druid in the world yeah i can definitely see them being used as maybe a hag's apprentice or being brought into a witch's mm-hmm. coven mm-hmm. Uh, just like you can definitely use them on the brighter side of stuff perhaps working in conjunction with rangers for the protection of civilization and for nature so it, like I like to see that ranger as the mediary between like civilization and traditional druid culture. So yeah, the ranger's there to sort of like make sure that no one interrupts each other. Yeah. Or if you want to incorporate druids more into society, I can see that being, uh, I can see that working fairly well. My, but I don't know. It would be it'd be kind of interesting to see. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. So, yeah, I think that... I think that's all we have to talk about for druids. Yeah. Uh, hey, Gabe, do I have a dice to roll this week? You do have a dice to roll this week. And it is a one d six. It is a one d six. Oh boy, I better pull out my finest monopoly die. Pull out that monopoly die, my friend. All right, and that's a five. It's a five. That is the artificer. Ooh. Getting to some, getting to some newer content. So yeah, this is the newest class that's been, ever been released. Uh, the first class, besides the base, uh, has ever been officially released in uh, mm-hmm. Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll see you guys next week for episode nine, um, Artificer. Uh, I don't know if it'll be episode nine, but my... oh, it will be episode ten. I I have my numbers wrong on my piece of paper. Yeah. Anyways, if you liked this episode, then. Uh, please feel free. Well, please, my 
rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts and share us with your friends. Uh, yeah, tell them how great we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Gabe, what about social stuff? Social, you can find us on Twitter uh, at BNL Pod. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Just search our Facebook group, um, Basements and Lizards Podcast. If you want to send us an email, it's basementslizards uh, at protonmail.com. Basementlizards uh, at protonmail.com. Basement Lizards. I, th- I think that's what I said. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, um, you can you can email us, email us there. Get in contact with any of those things. Uh, uh, we'll we'll get back to you if you want. Just say hi. Just tell us what we're doing good, right. Tell them what we're what we're doing wrong. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. um, we'll see y'all next week. <laughs> yeah. Bye bye.